Hi guys, welcome to My Condolences, the podcast about the hilarious and harrowing stories of life after death. I'm your host, Laura Harmon, and today I have Rachel with me. And we're going to talk about a pretty tragic story of your friend, Sarah. Yes. So why don't you tell me first a little bit about her? How old were you guys when you met? What was her role in your life? Yeah, so Sarah and I met when we were very young. I had like this amazing um, friend group at home. We called ourselves the Yayas. And it was... I loved that book. Yes. And the movie. And that's where it's from. Amazing. Um, so all of our moms, like they're a group of moms, and they all happen to have children, mostly women, but a couple of guys um, the same age. And okay. so growing up, I had this like kind of village almost that we were... All of the moms were best friends, and then all of us were best friends, and we did pretty much everything together. And where did you guys grow up? In San Francisco. Okay. Like right outside, San Mateo. Okay. And uh, we, you know, spent holidays and camp and at, did most things together. Uh, so we met, Sarah and I met uh, kind of when we were very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was always like... She was the most organized out of all of us. She was the highest achieving, like a memory that you couldn't even ever imagine. And she was kind of like, I I, I don't think she was the mother, but she was like the, she was the like logical presence and like the, such a huge source of joy in our group. It was like, yeah. She's in my mind, I'm like, so is she Maggie Smith's character in Yaya? Like how she was always the badass? Okay, to be honest, I have never seen the movie or You've read the never book. seen no. the movie. Okay, sidebar. <laughs> not that this is, that. Okay, I'm not sure that this is what this podcast is not going to be about, but you all should go see The Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. I know. Uh, because it really is a beautiful story yeah. of mothers and daughters and, and that, that time period when women were kind of neglectful parents and yeah. how that like affects their children and how we all have to be in therapy because of it so yeah. <laughs> it's very it's very relatable but it's a fantastic fantastic movie yeah a little disturbing like sure watch it with a friend for sure, sure. Great, great great um that's my plug for a movie that came out in like 2002 i'm like go see it well i have nicknamed this group the is for so long and i've never actually seen the origin story so oh. i should you're oh, right okay well we, we'll talk about that later yeah. well, we, can, we can get on that so now was sarah still living in san francisco when you moved down here so when I moved down here, Sarah was in San Francisco. She was in med school. So she okay. was um, a doctor. She went to UCSF for med school. And then when she got in, she got into a resident. Well, she got into Einstein in upstate New York. In, or not upstate, in the Bronx, I think it's. Okay. Um, so she was going to go there. And then she got off the wait list at UCSF and, like, was so excited. It was her dream school. Okay. And so she stayed in San Francisco after college hit for undergrad. She went to Berkeley. So she was around there. Um, and then she went to uh, uh, Utah for her residency. Okay. So, but when I moved down here, she was still in San Francisco. And how often did you guys see each other? Was we this used- someone you like texted all the time or you guys, how was your relationship? So this group, like I would say before Sarah died, our our relationship was what because we all live in different cities like okay but we're all still like i hesitate to say best friends because it's really something more than that and it's like it's not like it's not just friends and it's not sisters it's like it's like kind of soulmate feelings yeah uh so we had like 
we all kind of lived our lives and would check in on, on each other regularly, but it wasn't something where we were like constantly texting on a text thread. I would see Sarah when like we came home for Thanksgivings or like holidays or um, like she visited me at school and things like that. So getting to why I brought you on mm-hmm. um, and I appreciate it because you've been very supportive of the podcast this whole time. So oh God, I love you. it. I appreciate you. Um, <laughs> So Sarah was dating this guy. Yes. And how long was she dating her boyfriend? For five years. And then what was your vibe off this guy from the jump? From the jump, um, I knew him. I had met him a few times. He wasn't very social. Okay. Um, but I, um, I, Sarah had a, a, a condition called Stickler syndrome where her eyes it was her I don't know the exact um intricacies of the of the disease but your uh she was half blind she had a glass eye in one of her eyes and bad vision in the other eye um and it's a it's from like it's genetic so her grandma was is blind and her mom is kind of close to that but Mm -hmm. still still can see I, I kind of knew him as I put like a lot of trust into this person. Right, because he was able to be her eyes for her, I'm it, sure, in a lot of ways, right? Exactly. She couldn't drive at night. She couldn't see at night. Yeah, she can't really drive. She couldn't really drive because she had no depth perception. Right. So it was really hard. Yeah. Um. So I had met him a few times. He was kind of quiet, but I I assumed that it was kind of a, a quiet like a still waters run deep situation. Okay. Like, because I feel like he must have been so special to have like landed somebody yeah, like yeah. Sarah that maybe he's just very deep and secure and all of this and which is why he wasn't very vocal with us. Okay. Yeah. So then January of this year, mm-hmm. you get a phone call. Yes. Tell me how that went down. Yeah. Uh, I got a phone call from my mom at... Uh, in the afternoon no or early afternoon and she asked me if I was sitting down which I was and said that also, I like not the way to start a conversation no. I'm sure you had to be like oh cool so this isn't like what do you want for your birthday this is this is gonna be a real yeah something is very wrong exactly I was sitting down on a stool which was the wrong move I assume yeah <laughs> no support there. um uh she told me that Sarah was found dead in her apartment as well as her boyfriend was was dead and they think that uh, he killed her and then and then killed himself, which was um, revealed to be the case. So the story goes that her uh, her the person that lived in the, this house with her heard a lot of screaming. Ugh. Uh, she thought that they were being, uh, that somebody had come in and like was burgling, burgling the house or yeah. burgling. Uh, so her neighbor climbed out the window and called 911. And then by the time the police had gotten there, they were both dead. Wow. Yeah. So uh, did they end up revealing that this was a long-term domestic violence situation? Do they have any insight on what was actually happening prior to this event? No, they. we don't really know anything. We can't get into her phone. Um, us, us as a friend group had 
absolutely no clue. Ugh, it's the worst. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, we, we had no idea. I don't think anybody else had any idea. Um, and I think the, the question that's asked of me is like, do you have any clue? Like why? And no, <laughs> I, besides my instinct of like some toxic insecure masculinity thing that had built up through his entire life he did wasn't very happy in his job and she was succeeding incredible a bright light in this world like went on solo backpacking trips and was a river rafting guide and was a doctor and was passionate about women's medicine and rural medicine and had so many friends made friends so easily and um and how old was she when she was killed 27 Ugh. Yeah. I think it's something that what you're telling us is like something you only hear on the nightly news yes. or on Dateline. There's <laughs> yes. this is not something that most people have that experience with. So what what was that like for you? Did you go back for a funeral? Was there mm-hmm. a service? Like what was I can only imagine like what was that feeling like getting that phone call? The phone call was I um almost like I didn't black out, but I fell down like I couldn't support myself and I uh, like howled like an animal <laughs> kind of like it was that it, it was the the call that is only in your nightmares and then it happened and it was crazy to it was yeah, it was every every nightmare coming alive (laughs) yeah I I, I can't even imagine because I know that this is someone who obviously has been so special to you I know that you're young as well you know we have these expectations of our lives are going to be with these people until we're 90 year old ladies just like the real movie of divine secrets with Mm -hmm. the Tiana sister but like that you in a lot of ways I, I imagine it has to be devastating to know that you were robbed of having her, but she was robbed of having that experience in her life. And, and what does that feel like for you? I imagine you have to be very, very angry. It's a lot of anger. It's a lot of dealing that, that, and I think a lot of us in this group deal with everything differently. Like some have let go of the anger uh, personally, like I can't really do that yet. I don't yeah, have. It's not even been a year. <laughs> no, and it feels like yesterday still. Uh, but I, I have a lot of grief and a lot of anger and a lot of questions, and that is all gonna stay for a really long time. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think that one thing I've talked to a lot of people about, I've talked to my therapist about this, yeah. is that that sense of closure. Yeah. And and it's different in so many ways because your friend was tragically robbed of her life. Yeah. But I know even in situations where I've interviewed other people or with my own dad, he died. We knew he was going to die, but he mm-hmm. died unexpectedly that day. Yes. So there were all these questions to ask and, mm-hmm. and to know because we're young, like how long you have to wait yeah. has to be so painful. Yeah, it is. And it's traumatic too to be to get news that you never would expect and and even in a day like your father like that day was not the day and then it became the day right 
And, and it will always be that day. Exactly. You know, I know that like when I asked you how long it's been, you had it down to the day. Yeah. Like how many days. <laughs> yes. And that's something that I think unless people have gone through uh, a trauma like that, they don't know how it's seared in your brain. But for you to have gone through that at such a young age with such a close friend, I think it's very different when you lose, even though we were young when my dad died, he was still a parent. He was still of older. Course. But for you to lose someone who's a contemporary, yeah, how does that affect you now like day to day? It's, um, you know, being a part of this, like, sisterhood, essentially, we all knew from a young age that we would be together forever. Like, we knew that we, it's in the plans of living together when we get older, and, like, we went to, like, this lake house growing up, and that was always, like, a dream to, like, have a house together, and see each other's children and and knowing that I I'll never see Sarah at age 40 or 60 or that's all like and it's almost like a it's hard to even fully grasp that's not going to be a reality yeah yeah do you ever wake up and you just think she's still here does that hit you over and over again yes all the time and it has become like something I, I and I talked to my therapist about this like you know the and I, I know that so many people deal with this that have dealt with traumatic loss of the of the like PTSD loop thoughts that I have of of like that night that I wasn't even there but that those like how could it have gone down but I'm sure that the, the your imagination has to be going wild yes. now you, you talk about imagining that time do you feel guilt do you feel responsible sometimes I I it's interesting I at the beginning had no feeling of guilt I just had deep loss and anger and as the months go by it has developed of like this feeling and that's why I think that I replay so much during the days is that I am kind of trying to figure out a way that I could have um, like rewound time and stopped it, you know, and that is not possible. Right. And I don't have real responsibility in this, but I think sometimes that I did, that I should have asked more questions of him or figured out his personality more or told Sarah that like I'm not sure I like this guy or you know things like that right I think it's it's interesting how even though obviously you're not responsible for that yeah that yeah. man alone is responsible of course but we still have those thoughts yeah and it's still um I, I can only imagine how I know how badly I wanted to take away my dad's pain when he yeah. was sick I can only imagine how how badly you wanted to be there to help her yeah it was a it was a scary day and and uh something that kind of still haunts me that i think uh, i i only say as like a because i think that this probably happens to a lot of people but when my mom told me what had happened i i I, like it felt like somebody had like punctured my lungs i couldn't really breathe but once i got my breath back i kind of forgetting that he was dead too was like I'm gonna kill Kill him him. yeah yeah and I like was 
murderous kind of, which is really scary. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, the animalistic part of you is something that is very, very real yeah. for anyone who goes through. I mean, even you've obviously had a very extreme experience, but if, as I always say, when it's happening to each person, it's their extreme in their bodies. You yes. know, that's why when someone says to me, oh, I lost my cat, it's not the same. I'm like, well, if you haven't lost anyone, losing your cat is probably the worst feeling you've ever had in yes. your life. Um, but for you, moving forward, I think that it, you're so early on in this process. Yeah. I can only imagine, like, you know, did you go, I wanted to ask, like, did you go back for a service? Have you talked to her family? Like, how yes. are they doing? Yes, I went back for a service in May. It was, um, it felt like I was... It was an out-of-body experience. I had replayed because surprises scare me a lot now. Like anything coming out of nowhere, I don't, don't like. Don't like. I understand that. So I replayed driving up to the memorial service so much to stop myself from... To, to get myself used to the idea of driving up to a place that I knew well, Philoli Gardens. We went there as kids. We went, we took field trips there. And seeing, excuse me, seeing that sign that said Sarah Hawley's Memorial, like that, that idea was so unbelievable to me that I had to replay it so many times in my mind so I could like get used to it in my body. Like, so I didn't like implode collapse <laughs> and I still did but I think it helped me to do that um but the whole experience felt like I was uh, outside of my own body watching a movie <laughs> and how has this affected your other core group of girls in this yaya yeah tribe? they we are all dealing with it in different ways but mostly what has happened is that our bond has strengthened to like a place that is and it was was unbreakable before but uh, the love between us has become how Sarah lives on for us I think and I'm speaking for all of them I'll speak for myself but I think that most would agree with this it's interesting one of our other friends told us this fact about redwood trees like they grow up in pods or like small groups and then if one of them dies like it gives all of its nourishment to the rest of the trees wow yeah that's amazing which i have found to kind of feel like the case in this and and not in a way that i'm like benefiting at all no 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 i I, I know i know what you you mean though it's like it's i always tell people you have two choices when things like this happen you can uh, curl up in a ball and and cease to exist yeah or you have to get up and find not even the silver lining you have to find a way to to cope until you can make peace until you're angry again or really upset again and then you find a way to cope and then you're at peace it's this it's this cycle for the rest of our lives yeah um but I do think that there's beauty in honoring her in that way um one thing I talk about with everyone on here is that inevitably someone along the way says something very stupid or very hurtful after things like this happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you have any experiences like that? Yes. Um, I think the most hurtful thing that I've heard uh, is asking about him and asking 
and saying, um, well, he must have just snapped. Like an excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, like trying to explain why he did it. Yeah. I would <laughs> never ask that. It never it, occurred to me to be like, oh, so what's his justification? Yeah. There, there isn't one. There's not. And it gives him so much credit to be like, he was fine, 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 fine. And then um, some other force took over him and he has no responsibility and he snapped. And then it's a tragedy. But the 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 implication of that sentence to me is he has no responsibility, um, which is not the opposite of the case. So I think people try and find uh, an excuse in that way. And I think it's interesting how when things like this happen, and and, and I mean a death in general, but that people somehow think in their minds they need to rationalize it in order to make peace with it themselves because it's so fucking uncomfortable. Yes. It's like, well, I'm sure that was part of God's plan. Or I'm sure he just had a really bad day. Or I'm sure that yes. this is what needed to happen in the long run. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No. Um, sometimes just really fucking horrible things happen. Yep. And I think that in your situation, I, I could see how, because I was thinking about this, like it just blew my mind hearing that this even happened. Yeah. But I, I am sure in some way... Uh, I feel bad for his family that they, God Almighty, like how about getting that phone call of, oh, my my son killed his girlfriend could not have been a fun experience yeah, either. But killed himself. And then <laughs> killed himself. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's just that, that there's um, – I've watched so many Datelines. We could mm, talk about Datelines yeah. <laughs> forever. But it's like you realize when those things happen, it's not it, – they don't just snap. There's yeah. something there. There's something wrong. There's a buildup, whatever it is. And, and even though I'm sure for his family it's a tragedy, it's like – your friend was the victim here um and and i think it is so cruel that something not only like this happened that she had to endure that but that had to have been i don't even want to think about how terrifying that had to be for her but then you guys not only are left like everyone else picking up the pieces but there are so many whys Mm -hmm. why 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 yeah nobody knows and it's uh it's uh a daily heartbreak to know that you'll I don't think we'll ever really fully know and I have my own suspicions uh based on what I got from him when I met him and but I don't know anything and it's really it's it's you want to replay things in your mind to be like, okay, how do I, might this have been a clue that I could have like taken action on or might, but you can't do anything. I think it's, it's, it's so, I I feel like it's not my place, but I'll just say it, that, that it's, it's a cowardly act to kill someone and then take yourself out I think um obviously there's a lot going on in his brain yada yada but it's like the fact that I know I feel so much pain not being able to shake my dad and say why what about this what about these things that I found out about after my dad was dead like Mm. there's no one to be accountable for Mm -hmm. you're stuck in this fucking jacuzzi of questions of of, and there's no one to answer them but it, it has to be so infuriating that you can't even confront him no, uh, that was part of that was a huge uh, issue for in for everyone, obviously. But it was a really hard thing for me to think about, and I wished 
when she died that he hadn't killed himself because I thought that that was the easy way out. And I continue to think to this day, to this moment, that that was the easy way out. And um, I think we all would have liked to ask him questions, been at his sentencing, um, watched him suffer. And we can't. And I think that as one of my friends like was talking to me about this, I think that he was sane. He didn't just snap because he saw the implication of what he had done and he realized that he had to kind of take himself out. And and yeah, he chickened out. <laughs> I um I have <laughs> I So you are Obviously, because when I was talking about this, I was like, when did this happen? I had I, I didn't know that it was literally this year. Yes. So in a lot of ways, you're at the very beginning of all of this. Yes. Um, and, and it is, I think, truly probably the hardest time right now because yes. that fog is so thick. Yes. Um, I, seeing you, watching you from afar, I would have had no idea that this ever even happened. Oh. Um, which I can see is like, yeah, good for you. But it's also like, I'm sure you have so much going on internally what could someone have done right at the time and how can anyone help you support you now now yeah i think at the time that it happened just physically being close to me was like a really big was like a very big comfort um and i think asking i think a to answer both of those questions, asking about stories of Sarah when she was alive and well and like being our friend and working and being an incredible member of her family. And safe and thriving. Yes. I think asking about those stories is just the 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 best um, way to kind of honor her. And it makes me feel really good to be able to share those stories. But I think now I've, you know, it's been uh, like three quarters of a year and I still feel like it was yesterday, you know, in a lot of days I wake up and it's so, so, so present. Um, And I think checking in in a way that is specific about her and the grief process, I think is really helpful for me. Has this experience motivated you to take any different action in your life going forward? I think I'm very aware of the fact that I have to kind of carry Sarah's, a part of Sarah's torch. She was such like a loving, brave um caring human being with like just boundless empathy so much like we went to camp every summer together and she was jumping off cliffs the first person to get up in the morning and like jump in the cold waters like she was so brave with no depth perception remember (laughs) i I, I think that's terrifying to go what like the morning dipper or whatever they call those people like and then you can't see no thanks yeah exactly she's like i can't see but i'm gonna dive into freezing cold water exactly or like you know go on solo backpacking trips night blind like only one person that i know would do that i know that i have to like live i i want to be able to pass on the 
love and courage that Sarah gave to everyone else. And her parents said this best. Her, she made her friends feel like they could do anything. And so, like, I have a very strong uh, need to do that for my friends and my family. Yeah. And for yourself. I mean, it's like yeah. if if it doesn't motivate you to swing for the fences, I don't know what will. Because yeah. those, I think that, at least that was my experience, like once somebody I loved was taken away from me, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not a guarantee. We don't right. know what life is going to bring. Um, so where do you think Sarah is now? It's a really good question. And I ask her all the time, like, where are you? what is it like, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that we've, as a group, have talked about that too. Um, I think she had such a love of the mountains and the, like, natural world, and she was so passionate about rural medicine. And I think she's, like, in, like, when I look really far, I think she's there. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever dream of her? I don't any... I haven't in a long time. I dreamt... I had uh, nightmares after the fact for a while that were... Made it hard for me to go to sleep. I'm sure. Uh, but I don't anymore. I have... My, one of my one of the ayahs is a um, occupational therapist, and she just opened like the first med psych unit at this Kaiser facility, and she's like, she's incredible. But Sarah appeared to her in a dream recently, and like, she told me about it, and that Sarah was like radiantly beautiful, and like talking to her about this unit that she's opening, and Sarah kind of be, being a healer too. I think that they are kind of. I think Sarah also is with her a lot in her healing endeavors. I think that mm-hmm. that's a part of her like like spiritual world space is mm-hmm. like helping people heal, I think. Yeah. So if we could put Sarah here with us, mm. what would you say to her? I would say um I would say how much I love her and miss her and admire her. And I would say that we are, you're not left out of anything. Everything is with you. And I would say that I'm like, I'm still looking for her. Yeah, I think. I think there's a beautiful sentiment of that, that she's so very much with you and in your in the realm of your space because I think one of the things I think I've had so many different guests come on here and talk about their experiences of spirituality or atheism or Mm -hmm. extreme Christianity whatever it is it's like I think that there's a beautiful thing knowing she's going to always be looking after you and Mm -hmm. and, um, I I think you're so brave to have endured just as much of this year and that I know this will be a road that continues to have curves and bends and um but I hope you know like I'll always be here and and you know I think you've done an amazing thing to come here and talk about something that not everyone has gone through and certainly will not go through yeah um 
and I think you've done a beautiful job sharing her legacy, but I feel like she's still, it feels very palpable. I was telling you earlier, like what, on the way here, I was like preparing in my brain yeah. and for some reason, like it just came to me that your friend's name was Sarah and I didn't even know. Like I have to go back and confirm in my text messages, but I don't think I knew that she was Sarah and I no. think that there's something about that that even as we sit here, it feels very tangible. Like yeah. it feels, um, not that she hasn't moved on, but it's like that there's an element of that that I think she's still very, very present with you. It's interesting that you say that. We joke all the time, or not joke, but just like laugh about this. Sarah was good at everything that she did. Like she was the best student, the best athlete, the best, like the, had a photographic memory. Like she was good at truly, and she could And partially up. blind, like blows my mind. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not to yeah, mention, hard enough and then also can't see. <laughs> she used to work out with the ROTC kids at 6 a.m. before every day of college, but as the only civilian there, I think one of the only civilians there just to like Be challenge herself because yeah. she was so like athletic and amazing. She's she she was incredible, um, but in that way, she kind of appears to us a good amount, and um, or appears to me a good amount. And I just like I have to laugh and be like, she's already so good at being dead. Like <laughs> <laughs> she's like it's so Sarah to like I am crying on the beach with my friend and there's rain and then I stop crying and the sun comes out and there's a huge rainbow. Like, of course. She's Sarah, like, watch this. I know. She already Damn. has it. She's already like got full control of the weather. That's she's amazing. Already, yeah. <laughs> and she's still motivating her friends and their yeah, dreams. Of course. That's yeah. Incredible. That's 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 really her that she's just she already knows how to do all of that. That's so so her <laughs> you know maybe then and not to sound cheesy but like yeah. that it's it's her gift yeah is to be able to give it to you girls and 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 protect you and shelter you and guide you yeah um and I just think you're an incredible person and she was lucky to have you and is is lucky to have you as a friend <laughs> Thank you. So Laura. thanks for coming on. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I had the best time, and I'm so feel so lucky to be on this and have you in my house. Hey, <laughs> hey. We had a very spazzy morning getting here, but thank you so much, and thank you guys so much for listening. Please reminder to like and subscribe. Follow us at My Condolences Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and the website. And if you're interested in coming on, send us an email, and I would love to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Thank you.